You're listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. Today we had the pleasure of speaking with Coach Dean Stotts. Dean is a former associate head coach of Stanford for over 37 years. We spoke with Dean about what a coach's perspective is for winter camps, uh, what a typical winter camp would look like, uh, what they look for in recruits at winter camps, um, how to discern whether or not a coach has actual interest in you as a player, um, as well as how a coach can tell whether or not you have the it factor. All that and more on today's episode of The Dugout. I'm sitting here with uh, Dean Stotts, 37-year associate head coach at uh, Stanford Baseball. Dean, thanks for coming out. No problem. Love doing this. Fantastic. Well, you've been a great partner to us uh, in building this company, and uh, I'm excited to have you on your first podcast. Um, today, we're here to talk about the winter camp, and we're heading into the winter, and we've got a bunch of seniors out there and, and juniors who are trying to make a name for themselves. And so I thought today what we would talk about is the purpose of the winter camp from the college coach's perspective. Okay. So so start off and, and just give me an overview of a, a winter camp. Well, I think the challenges for a winter camp from the coach's standpoint are what kind of baseball shape is the camper in? In other words, some of these kids play football during this time and hit on the weekends. Mm-hmm. Others play in fall leagues and they're a little bit more prepped. Uh, the numbers game in a winter camp is usually traditionally better. And I think from the coach's standpoint, it's to identify not necessarily the result right away because you're always questioning what kind of shape they're in, arm velocity, ball exit velocity, those kinds of things. But more so in action, uh, if that makes sense to you, um, of what their actions look like and to get a baseline of where they are now so that you can track them and see how much improvement because at their age, whether it be 13, 14, 15, or 16, you can see some rapid development, not only in technique and results, but also in physical development. Sure. So so the, the from your perspective, the winter camp is more about a touch to get on the field with a particular player, see what type of athleticism he has, what, what type of tools, as opposed to is he leaving the yard or is he striking a bunch of guys out? Yeah, I always felt in the winter camp that you, you, you had the basis to really meet the kid and get to know him a little bit better. Uh, the interaction with the coach because the numbers are traditionally a smaller and, and more so in a confined environment. Many times you're dealing it with, you know, inclement weather and it's either an indoor facility or it's covered or whatever it may be. So you're taking smaller numbers. So the idea, uh, lots of times they're local. So you're you're benefiting from that relationship based of of what is this kid like? Many times kids come as teammates too, and you start asking them about one another about who's a good teammate, who's a good guy to be around, that sort of thing. No, fa- fantastic. What what is what could a camper expect from a, a winter camp from an experience? You, you brought up a little bit about the facility, the inclement weather, and the like. But what would a typical winter camp look like? Well, at Stanford, uh, we ran a. I don't know if you'd call it a winter camp. We, we ran what they call Sunday night hacks, which was uh, two hours on a Sunday evening over a four-week period of time. And we did multiple sessions. So it was unbelievable to see the improvement in players with consistent coaching. Uh, those kind of camps, in my mind, are extremely valuable in the development of your baseball skills because you get to, you get to correct uh, technique 
and see their aptitude to learn. And hopefully they work on it a little bit before next week and then kind of give them a little bit more. And, and you're able to build a little bit more foundation. One day you may talk about feet. The next day you may talk about how your hands work. A bunch, pitch selection, what you look at, release point for the pitcher, so on and so forth. So and you kind of have to judge what kind of camp it is. If you're going to a two-day camp, which some of them happen over Christmas, which are usually two days, many times there's an information session on the night in between of which you really can get your questions answered on what they're looking for academically, what's the financial aid aspect look like, those sorts of things that give you some baseline of what you made to work on, maybe SAT coming in the springtime, SAT, ACT, and get those kind of non-baseball questions answered in that light also. No, fantastic. And I'm, and I'm glad you brought up the, the Sunday night hitting because we, we've had a couple of players actually commit uh, from the Sunday night hitting experience. And so obviously that there's success from that. Uh, t- talk a little bit about uh, format in that. I mean, is that something that if, if, if I want to go to a particular school and they offer three or four sessions, I should sign up for every session? H- how does that work? Yeah, I think you should. Uh, um, <clears throat> usually... Those sessions are like a 15-minute introduction. They're usually dealing with only one skill level, most of the time hitting or pitching specifically. In other words, you're not going to get the gambit to leading off base running defense, although there are certain segments over a two-day camp you may get that. But let's just talk about hitting. Uh, There's some structure there where in the initial sessions, you're going to talk about what's the baseline. You're going to group by age and ability. And there's going to be multiple rotations inside of it where you're going to do multiple skills. So there's an awful lot of work in it. Uh, the Stanford camp was two hours or probably seven rotations, probably a good 150 swings Wow! With uh, per night with live action. You know, certainly one or two live stations where you're seeing the ball. And done right, you're going to put the metrics to it of ball exit speed, launch angles, spin rates, all those things, and get a grasp of what the what the young man may do. And then I think for us, it was really a reinforcement that you, the baseball can't carry it alone, that academically, you better be paying attention to what's at stake in the you know, in the fall semester and give them some timeline of what needs to be done. Sure. So, I mean, the, the camp is great. The hitting camp in particular is a great experience because multiple touches and the like. And we talked about the ability to attend multiple sessions. If I'm a player and, and let's say I'm in my junior or senior year where I really need to start whittling down my list, how do I know if a coach is, is genuinely interested in me from those camps? Because, you know, as we've talked about, and, and it, 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 there's a lot of honesty in this business. Some of those camps are instruction-based. Uh, a lot of times uh, schools are supplementing their coaches' incomes by putting on really good workouts. And so if I'm a recruit, how do I discern the he's interested in me because he genuinely cares about me becoming a good baseball player versus he's interested in me because he wants me to go to their school? Well, uh, I think you can say to yourself uh, a little bit by the attention he pays to you and kind of the depth of his questions towards you. If I had a significant interest in somebody, I would certainly be inquiring about the academic arena of which you're in and have you tested what's your background, Have who have you played against. One of the things that we did um, in that four-week session is the fourth week we competed. And uh, have a great little story for you. There, there's a De Kroger family that 
had three different sons play at Stanford over an eleven year period of time, and the the middle son was kind of the unsung hero. And uh, at the end, we 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 would couple them into age groups, and then we'd have certain drills they did and live, and you'd have to square up balls, and we'd count points to it. And Danny DeKroger was the last guy in his group, and he had five swings left, and he had to square up five balls in a row. And based upon, so we we tried to put the kids under pressure, sure, to give them some anxiety. And when he performed in that arena the way he did, and just responded to that challenge, and you got to remember, like everybody's watching you at this point by design. That you know the 20, 24 kids there are all scrutinizing, and and we made it kind of fun so they could kind of get after him a little bit, and to see him just dig in and square up balls. We end up taking him basically about on that performance at the end of camp and saying, look, this guy's got the it factor, which is really hard to tell because you're not throwing the ball. You know, you're not facing live pitching. You're facing BP pitching. But just in that arena sometimes. And and I think in the dialogue with the player, um, the dialogue with the player, the depth of the coach's conversation with you, it also allows you to arena in the comfort zone of, of really once you've establish yourself I just literally asking the coach you know do I fit into your plans in some way what are you looking for you know what do you think I need to work on to become a player I remember certainly if it was the school of my choice I would make the coach aware that it's it's the school I want to attend and then kind of structured as what do you see me have to improve upon to where I can become an integral part of the recruiting process no that and, and that makes a lot of sense so I'm what I'm hearing there is the types of questions the coach is asking you. If he's asking questions beyond hitting, if it's a hitting camp, starts asking about academics, social, and obviously financial. Um, and then how you perform under the big situations. And then, and then frankly, you ought to really just ask if, if, if you're interested. Totally. Um, one last uh, question on, on this segment of, of the, the, the we're going to do a four-part series here on the winter camp. One last question on this one, and this is one that I, I we've both been to it. Well, you've been to a lot more camps than I have, but going to these camps, you, you hear the parents in the audience comparing their kid to other kids at the camp. And oftentimes that's a fallacy. So who is the coach actually comparing the, the player to as he's evaluating? Well, for me, uh, I was much more interested in, in action rather than a result. Sure. I don't think the test group is great enough and they're under enough challenge, meaning the velocity's not great enough, the setting's not great enough that, uh, for instance, like I really liked a certain arm action on my pitchers. And if you had that arm action, even though you were under velocity at that point in time, I felt my instincts were that with time and with just physical development, that would come along. Where if you had an arm action I didn't like, it doesn't matter how hard you threw. I wasn't interested. Sure. And it was just this, I've been asked that a lot over my, my 40 year career doing this. And it's more of an instinctive feel than anything else. Um, I try to, I try to walk my own plank, so to speak, meaning to eliminate all the exteriors. I was really looking to try to find a young man that, that one, I wanted to coach and two that I thought was going to be a really good teammate. And those two aspects were really, really important to me. Obviously, you have to have some skills and some abilities, but 
I was trying to circle myself around 35 guys that would really pull for one another. Cause over my course of time, I found that, you know, kind of 30, 35 guys pulling on a rope from the same end that some of the product, the parts were much greater than the individual parts by themselves. No, absolutely. So, I mean, th this one's key. And, and this is where I think a lot of players and parents miss where you're not just comparing the player to the other players at camp, because a lot of times the, the subject matter group is, is not that great. You're comparing it to your own personal baseline, which in fact is the players you're currently coaching on your, on your college field. Yeah. And you, you, you know, there's little tidbits in there, Eric, that, you know, is the on time for camp, right? It's a miserable night. It's cold. It's rainy. You know, we're, we at Stanford, we didn't, we, we didn't have an enclosed hitting, but we had it covered. So it was miserable, cold. And that guy comes engaged and want to be part of it. I mean, he's telling you something about how much baseball means to him with all those little things. Does he show up on time? Is he, is he, is he structured to pick up the help, pick up the balls that there's no, there's no task below him. You know, you're, you're, you're paying us to do that. So yeah, technically you don't have to help us put the gear up at night, but those guys that jump in there and do it, all those little things kind of add up into being, Hey, do I want to be around this guy? Really important than people think. No, fantastic. Well, Dean, I appreciate you coming on for this first episode of the winter camp. Uh, the next three is we remember is, is, we're going to cover what the player should do ahead of the camp, how he stands out at the camp, and then, in fact, uh, how he follows up after the camp. So, Dean, thank you very much. You thank you for listening to The Dugout, a college baseball match podcast. For more information about the college baseball recruiting process, visit our website, collegebaseballmatch.com. You can also find us on all social media channels. Do you have a question about the recruiting process that you'd like answered on the show? Email us at support at collegebaseballmatch.com.